Welcome to the Strong Men, Strong Marriages podcast. Here we are on a mission to get strong, get attractive, and get the marriage of our dreams. I'm your host, Mike Frazier. Let's do this. All right, men, welcome to today's episode of Strong Men, Strong Marriages, the power of gratitude. This week is Thanksgiving week in the United States. Um, But really, this is a powerful thing you can use if things are hard in your marriage right now, in your family, just at work, in your life, whatever. Um, We're going to talk about the brain changes that happen with gratitude, why it works, how it helps, and how you can do it. Uh, My name is Mike Frazier, MD. I'm a psychiatrist and marriage coach, and I help high-achieving men save their marriage. So holiday times, look, for some people, it's a great, exciting time. You know, you look forward to spending that time with friends and family and enjoying yourself and laughing, having a good time and reflecting on those good memories with your family and friends. But for a lot of us, and especially if you're having struggles in your marriage right now, holidays can be really difficult. Uh, You might not be able to connect with family and friends. You know, we're not able to see my parents this year because uh, they're concerned about COVID and, you know, infections and all that. Uh, and that's hard, you know. Um, if your marriage is in a difficult place right now, you might not even be spending the Thanksgiving or maybe Christmas uh, with your wife or your children. That's hard. That's very difficult. And it's easy for us to become bitter when these kind of things are happening. We think, how could this happen, right? We start uh, wishing things were different. Oh, I just, I just wish I could be with them. It's so annoying. I can't, maybe you start drinking or doing things to, um, you know, get yourself away from that sad feeling you know, in the, in the strongman system, we learn about not doing that, allowing those emotions instead, but you know, it's, it's easy to go there. It's easy to try to get rid of those feelings. Um, you can start blaming your spouse or yourself for the situation, getting really mad. Oh, I can't believe she did this. Sure. I did some bad things, but why is she leaving? Right. We should be together for in, during this time. Um, so, you know, it, it's easy to go there. And uh, one of the things we learn in the strongman system is that your your thoughts are what drive your emotions. So if you're in that negative spot, you're going to start feeling worse and worse. The action you might take is, you know, like we said, try to escape those emotions. Um, but today we're going to talk about something else you can do that's really powerful, which is, which is gratitude. Um, so first of all, let's talk about what gratitude can do for you, right? It sounds like, oh, that's the shirt, Mike, that's simple, you know, whatever. Yeah. Just be grateful, but you don't get it. Like I'm having a hard time right now. (laughs) So I just want to sort of prove to you that, uh, there are brain changes and there are real studies that show that, uh, gratitude makes a difference. It's one of the most well-studied things that you can do. It's easy. You don't have to pay money to do it. Um, and it's powerful. It's, it's one of the most powerful things to help you lift out of uh, depression or anxiety, even in more severe forms. So uh, one study in 2009, it found that people who were more grateful also had more environmental mastery, meaning they could kind of control their environment better. I think part of that is because you're realizing, okay, whatever's going on in my life, like I can choose my thoughts. I can choose to find something I'm grateful for. Uh, people with more grateful had more personal growth, more positive relationships. Cause like we, a lot, we talk a lot about in the strongman system and, and then on this podcast about, you know, attractive versus unattractive emotions. So if you're in a grateful emotional state, that's an attractive emotional state. People want to be around that. And so it's easier to have a positive relationship because of that. Okay. People who are more grateful, had more purpose in life and also more self-acceptance. 
that's powerful, guys. So eight other studies that were reviewed in 2012 showed decreased depressive symptoms in people who were more grateful. So people who are already kind of feeling depressed when they started doing a gratitude practice became less depressed. That's powerful. I mean, like as much as an antidepressant would do for, for some people, right? It helped them come out of it. So that's a big deal. Um, so people who are more grateful and it, were able to see things from a glass half full perspective had more positive emotions and those positive emotions displaced those negative emotions. Again, we learn in the program and on this podcast about choosing those thoughts and the thoughts we cultivate tend to also generate those emotions. Not that it's wrong or bad to feel negative emotion. In fact, you have to feel it. You need to be able to tolerate it and feel it. That's a big part of what we learn. Um, at the same time, when we can look at, okay, are these thoughts and these feelings and what I'm doing getting me what I want or not? You know, we feel those negative feelings. Then we look back and say, well, is this helping me or not? Then we can start choosing other thoughts and gratitude's a great place to go. Um, so an article in the journal Psychiatry summarized the following scientifically proven benefits to writing down things we're grateful for. So improved sense of well-being, increased sense of life satisfaction, makes sense, right? When you're looking at things that are going well, that's powerful. Better and longer sleep, that's an interesting one. And a decreased sense of need for material things. Nice one to have around Christmas time, right? When people are generally giving gifts. <laughs> so those are just, those are more, um, you know, kind of uh, uh, character type studies. I want to talk to you about actual brain changes. So in a study at Berkeley, um, they had people who were waiting for mental health treatment, write letters of gratitude. Okay. What happened was the people that wrote the letters of gratitude versus those who didn't had significantly better mental health at the end of 12 weeks. The, an interesting part of that was that the, the benefits helped or, you know, it happened. They had better mental health, even if they didn't send the letter. So there's just something powerful about writing down what you're grateful for. Writing involves your body, it involves your, it involves your brain, it involves your, your heart, your emotions. So writing it, right? Saying it's great. Writing it seems to be even better. Okay. Another thing about this is it did take time. It's a, it was a 12-week study and people were doing this, uh, I believe the letters were once a week. So it's it's not do it one time and, and you're done, right? It's building the habit. It's building that habit in your brain of looking for things to be grateful for, okay? The more you practice it, the better your brain gets at it. Just like, you know, if your brain's used to looking at all the negatives, you know, you tend to be a more sour person. Uh, you can change that, but it takes time. I like to talk about it being like a, like a canyon in your brain, right? So if you're used to looking at the negative a lot, that has, it's like a river running through your brain. That's like dug this big canyon in there. And so when you start trying to be more grateful, you know, that's like starting a new stream and it takes time to build that new canyon. And for a while, your brain's going to go back to that negative spot and that's okay, right? Your brain's used to going there. You're creating this new path and it's going to take time to turn it into that, that canyon. Um, but what was cool about this study too, is they, they put people into a functional MRI. So this is where you can measure blood flow to different parts of the brain and see what's happening. So what it showed was greater, greater neural sensitivity and greater activation in the medial prefrontal, prefrontal cortex, which is a brain area associated with learning and decision-making. 
basically what they found through this is, so you were more sensitive in that area. Uh, it also had greater activation when people were feeling grateful. So in other words, it was easier for your brain to, first of all, be grateful at all, and then also to feel good about it by practicing it. So these are real changes that happen in your brain that can be measured and looked at and studied. So again, it's not just, you know, oh yeah, just to be grateful. You know, it's real scientific studies showing, yeah, things change and things happen in your brain. So how do you practice it? How do you practice being grateful? One way is to say it, right? Is say, hey, I'm grateful for these things. A lot of times when I wake up in the morning, I'll get in the shower and just kind of list off some of the things I'm grateful for. Um, you know, I, I like to start with, uh, I, I like to think in terms of body, mind, heart, and spirit, as you probably know if you, if you listen to this podcast much. Um, but physically, you know, I'm, I'm overall a healthy guy. You know, I've got enough money to pay my bills and warn. Um, you know, I'm able to um, play with my kids and, you know, enjoy sports. Right. There's lots of things. I live in a safe place, right? Lots of good physical things. Mentally, my brain works well enough to, you know, uh, to function in a job, right? And all that. Uh, heart, I have good people, good friends around me. Spiritually, I feel connected with God and grateful for that. So, yeah, it's easy. And, and you'll notice like it's easier. It starts flowing, right? As you start saying them, it starts getting easier to find those things that you're grateful for. So saying it, definitely big. Writing it down seems to be even more powerful in these studies, right? Jotting down. And then sharing it, letting someone know, hey, thank you for doing this for me. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for telling your parents. Thank you for raising me well, you know, if they did. <laughs> if they didn't, and we're going to get to this, there is a way to practice gratitude for um, negative things too. Like we're talking about sort of counting blessings or being grateful for the positive, but there can be gratitude for the negative. It's important. And we're going to talk about it in, in just a minute here. So again, gratitude for the good and all those things. So a guy named Neil, uh, Pasricha, Pasricha, sorry, I, I probably should have listened to his name before I said this, but, um, he, he started a website called 1000awesomethings.com. So 1000awesomethings.com. Uh, so what he did, he started writing one awesome thing every weekday in 2008 after his marriage fell apart and his best friend died by suicide. So rough time for this guy. Okay. So he just started every day jotting down one thing he thought was awesome. And they're, they're just kind of like goofy, funny things. So I went through his site, you know, he, he said like fat baseball players, which is pretty funny. Uh, the gas arrow on your car that tells you which side of the car your gas tank is on to fill it up. You know, that is awesome. That's nice to know. I use that a lot. Uh, getting the eyelash out of your eye feels so good, right? So just kind of funny stuff, but his brain then was starting to pay attention, right? It's paying attention to the, the good things that were happening. And, you know, he actually made a whole career out of this about teaching people about gratitude and about happiness. And, uh, you know, he's working at Walmart when he started this and now he's got a, a cool career, you know, teaching people about this. And that's the power. That's the power of gratitude and of looking at um, things that you can appreciate that you can be grateful for. Okay. Um, so again, hopefully these are inspiring for you, you know, that things can turn around. There's a guy that I met on my, on my mission to Guatemala. His name is Lorenzo. And so Guatemala, it's a, it's a poor country. I was in very poor areas. 
Uh, and so this particular guy, Lorenzo, he, I don't even know how old he was. People don't really keep birth records that well down there. So, I mean, let's say he was 80, maybe older than 80, super wrinkled, uh, not overly healthy and extremely poor. He lived just like kind of in a, not even a brick house, really. He just kind of hang out and there was like a sort of a tarp over him. Um, and he would go to basically the, the dumpster to find his food kind of like, it's not really a dumpster in Guatemala. It's like a pile of trash. So he'd go walk there and look around for food and he'd find like a lettuce or something. And he would tell us, Oh, I'm so grateful to God today that I found this lettuce. Right. So powerful, you know, this is a guy and he was happy. Like he was genuinely happy. <laughs> um, so it's not your, your circumstances that, that choose things, right? It's your, how, what you choose to look at, you know, can I be grateful even in this, you know, he was a happy guy. He was connected with God. He didn't have much physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, he was, he was wealthy. You know, he was rich and rich in gratitude more than anything else. So he's, he's a guy I always think of when I think of an example of gratitude. So now let's talk a little bit about, you know, having gratitude for the bad. So probably one of the one of my favorite books, I, I was just on a call with a gentleman uh, who is going through some very difficult things right now. And um, yeah, a lot of the guys I work with, they're struggling and, you know, even questioning God and questioning how could this happen and, and all of that. Um, so Victor Frankl, he, he went through the Holocaust, he survived it, but obviously went through terrible things through that. Um, but what he found is that men can endure a lot of suffering and life has a lot of suffering, but you can get through it if you can find some meaning in that suffering. He calls it logotherapy, meaning therapy. Um, so, you know, he talked about one of the examples he gives from the book is a gentleman whose whose wife had died, and he was sad and he was depressed. And this guy had been to a lot of different people who've tried to help him, but he sat down with Victor Frankel, and Victor Frankel just said, "Yeah, this is hard." But, you know, a meaning you can take from this is you, you know, kept your wife from going through this, right? You kept your wife from having to feel alone and be by herself. And he says, the guy stood up, shook his hand, and he was healed after that. Like, it's powerful. It's powerful to find meaning in that suffering. Uh, just, you know, recently for me, I've reconnected with some of that meaning with my wife. Um, I've shared on here before, but she went through very difficult upbringing um, a lot of abuse in every way you can think of. And, you know, sometimes that affects me in our relationship and how connected she is with me. And that can be hard and that can be difficult. But, you know, just recently I was able to reconnect with that meaning, that purpose and say, hey, look, yeah, I'm going to go through some hard times. Maybe it's not quite what I thought it was going to be in some ways, my marriage. Um, but what's my meaning? What's my meaning in that suffering? My meaning is trying to show to my wife what a good man is, what uh, a Christ-like person is um, to help protect her from the influence of evil. And like, I find a lot of meaning in that. And that has been more powerful for me than anything else. Like even then trying to go in and say, oh, well, you know, let me feel the feelings and, and all that. When I can find and connect with that meaning and purpose and, and mission in that, you know, that's powerful. Uh, one of the guys that's, uh, that worked through the program, Aaron, he had kind of a similar mindset. He was like, look, yeah, I made some mistakes in my marriage. Um, 
but I'm not giving up. Like I believe that it's my purpose to, you know, love my wife, like Christ loved the church. And I'm going to do that. Like, I'm not leaving her no matter what. He was like, yeah, she could do anything. She could cheat. She could abuse my kids. Like sure. I'd set boundaries, but I wouldn't divorce her. Cause I don't think that's right. Um, in other words, I could go through any kind of suffering and I'm not going to leave because that's what I see as my purpose and mission. Like I find meaning in that suffering. So it's powerful. Okay. So as you're going through, if you are going through some struggles right now, can you find some meaning in there? You know, is there a bigger purpose? Is some of the main things that I've seen personally and as I've worked with people uh, and, you know, talked with my wife and others who have been through really difficult things. Um, one of the big things that suffering can do is help you connect with other people. Um, you know, if, you know, I've been through difficulties in my marriage, that lets me connect with you and the guys that come to me and are struggling with their marriage, right? I can be a better helper because I've been through something similar. Uh, that's just the way it goes. My wife's able to help people who have been through trauma because she has been through that. Um, and, it, and again, it isn't necessarily like being their therapist. It's just like when you have been through something similar, you just kind of get the other person. You just kind of know, you just kind of understand each other. And that's powerful, right? There's meaning in going through suffering. To me, it connects us more. A shared suffering connects us more than like a shared happy experience. You know, if you, and this is why guys who've been in the military, right? They have this huge bond with each other because they've been through something terrible together uh, versus, you know, if you, let's say, you know, went to Disneyland with somebody, yeah, that's a good memory, but it doesn't bond you as much as, you know, going through something really hard together. So another meaning that you can find in suffering difficulty is the bad actually helps you appreciate the good more. Um, you know, in, in uh, the way that I was taught and brought up is, you know, when Adam and Eve first came to earth, everything was good. Right. And so they take the fruit and now bad is introduced and it's actually that bad that helps you appreciate the good. Like you can't know the difference until you experience one or the other, like you can't appreciate good food until you've had really bad food, right? The bad food helps you appreciate that good food more. Okay. So that's another meaning you can find in this. It's like, man, yeah, things are hard right now. Things are difficult. Not being with my family this Thanksgiving, this Christmas, that is hard. Um, but when I'm able to have that connection later, I can appreciate that even more, right? Or even if unfortunately it doesn't turn out that you have that connection with your wife, you know, if she does decide to divorce you or whatever, you know, that's a hard time to go through, but it will help you appreciate when you do find somebody new, right? Something that you can connect with, they'll help you appreciate that even more because you've been through that difficulty. You know the difference. Another meaning you can find in suffering and difficulty, it's actually necessary to develop certain desirable character traits. You know, in my beliefs, a Christ, Christ-like character traits. For example, you don't develop patience when everything's going fine, right? You develop patience when things are hard, right? And when you can't make the changes that you want to make. Like if you want your wife to come back and she doesn't want to right now, this is a chance to develop patience. There's not really another way to develop patience. Patience, the a definition that I like for it is to bear without complaint, right? So she's separated. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm going to take care of what I can do. I'm not going to get sucked into trying to control her or make her do what I want, right? 
I'm going to stick with what I think is right. I'm going to still be kind to her, that kind of thing. Okay. So patience, uh, kindness, right? So, you know, Jesus taught that, you know, to love your enemies, bless them that curse you. Okay. That's hard. (laughs) That's really hard. Um, But someone being mean to you, that's where you test it. That's where you test. Can I still be kind when someone's mean to me? Right. Can I still show love even when someone is not showing love to me? Okay. That's where the real test is. That's where the real character strength develops. It's like with physical strength, you don't get physically stronger by lifting a one pound weight, right? You get physically stronger by gradually increasing that weight, that resistance, that difficulty. That's how you build strength physically. Same way you build character strength. Okay. It's a, it's in these trial times that you build this strength. Unfortunately, as far as I can tell, there's not really another way to build it. So if you look at it that way, you can say, okay, yeah, this is a hard time, but this is also the opportunity. I want to build these character traits. I want to have patience. I want to have love. I want to be kind. Okay. Can I do it even when it's hard? That's the test. And that's where you really develop those traits. So again, that's another way you can find meaning in suffering and actually maybe find some gratitude for it, right? Okay. Actually, I'm grateful for this. This is my chance to prove myself, to build these strengths, to appreciate the good with the bad, to build a connection with other people. Okay. I can find some gratitude and some meaning in that, right? So those have been, those are probably the most powerful things that I have come to learn about the purpose of trials, why God gives us trials, all of that, right? Is to, again, connect with other people, to have that bad, to appreciate the good. And it's necessary to develop those desirable Christ-like character traits, patience, love, kindness, loving your neighbor and loving yourself, finding that balance between the two. A lot of the guys that I work with, it's, it's about that. And I believe that's what marriage is really about. It's learning that skill. Can I respect myself and respect my spouse equally. Right. That's powerful. All right, guys. So in summary, this is Thanksgiving week. <laughs> so use it to practice being grateful. Okay. You saw a lot of health and mental health and physical health benefits for practicing gratitude in today's podcast. Uh, so give it a shot, right? Write it down. Writing it down will be more powerful than saying it. Okay. So start writing down one, maybe two, maybe three things a day that you're grateful for. You know, go to that thousand awesome things to get some inspiration of some kind of funny, you know, things you can be grateful for. Um, so again, use this week, give thanks for the good, but also give thanks and find meaning for the bad, right? Again, the bad helps you appreciate the good, helps you connect with others. It helps you build those character traits. The bad is important. It's essential for building us into better people. If you're a Christian person, the bad is essential. It's building us into Christ like people like Christ. Jesus, he didn't have an easy life. He had a hard life, right? But he passed through it. He passed through those trials. He got stronger and stronger because of what he went through. Okay. All right, guys. So happy Thanksgiving. Have a great week. And if you want to learn more about the Shark Man system or about my programs and all that, visit MikeFraserMD.com and I'll see you there. All right. Stay strong, man. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next episode. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please leave a review on iTunes and share the episode with a friend so we can help create stronger men and stronger marriages across the world. And if you're ready to take your strength training and your marriage to the next level, visit strongmenstrongmarriages.com to learn how. I'll see you there.